Good morning, church. Can I paint a picture for you today? Can I get real with you this morning? God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Right? But see, sometimes I forget. Because God, I'm just a man. I'm just a dad. And I don't have all the answers. How did things get so bad? All this bad news, sometimes sad too. Forgive me if I'm mad at the world. And honestly, God, maybe kind of mad at you too. I've got questions. God, where are you at? We've been faithful. We've been praying. We try to do the things you've been saying. So why? Why this? Why now? Why at all? So defeated. Soul depleted. Where's your touch? Can't you see how much I need it? You give us hope, right? Where's the hope when I can't see it? Day has turned to night. And when I wake up, I don't see the morning light. Ain't no sunshine in the hurt, in my pain. Flying high and then crash landing. Trust me, God, this wasn't my plan. No answers to my many questions. God, this is less than ideal. I just can't see how this is ever going to heal. Cried so much, I don't have a voice. I didn't get to choose, God. This was never my choice. My thoughts, they carry a weight that's too heavy to carry. And now, now we're standing here. Hollow eyes. Empty heart. Empty hands. All these hows and whys, God. The sum of all fears. The worst of all fears. I've cried so much, I don't have any more tears. So depressing. Equally vexing and perplexing. So hard to smile, not even for a little while. I don't understand the plan. I've lived a good life. Why do bad things happen to a good man? When all I feel is pain. When I open the window shades and all I see is rain. It's hard to breathe. The calendar changes, but I don't know what day it is. Hours become days. Days turn to night. Night turns to day. Seasons come. Seasons go. Seasons change. Vacillating between confusion and mourning. I don't get it. This happened with absolutely no warning. Father, how can everything get so bad? Like everything, everywhere, all at once. And he said to me, I hear you. I see you. Fear not. Trust in me. My mercies are new every morning. You are not alone. I am with you in the valley. I am with you in the rain. I am with you in the storm. I am with you while you mourn. I am faithful. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am Jehovah. I am your provider. I am your peace. I am your healer. I am your victory. 
I make all things possible, and I am everywhere, all the time, all at once. God is good, but I'm experiencing some trouble, some bitter hurt. I got hurt. I have pain. I got frustrations. I got questions for God. But despite it all, I'll trust you. I will trust you, God. Now, that's a summary. That's just a nutshell of what we just heard from Nate Hood. What Nate expressed was far more descriptive than my simple little outline there. But it was, it was familiar sounding. It was similar to many of the Psalms, Psalms that we might call Psalms of Lament. Well, they open and they close with an acknowledgement of God and the need to trust him. But between those two bookends... They are full of some real raw emotion. God, I'm hurting. I'm here. Where are you? Why is this happening? When will it be over? Nate gave what I'll call a modern day psalm of lament. So I'm calling it a psalm of Nate. And it, it could be a psalm of any of us when we've gone through these times in life. And we may say it out loud. I know God is good. I know God is near. Yet when life brings pain and disappointment, we might start to question. We might even get angry. God, this isn't good. You, you're not near. You seem so far away. Will you bring relief? Will you bring comfort? And at times we might even question, is that even possible? It, it sort of seems impossible, God. You ever been there? You ever been in, the, in that place where you're just feeling it's, I need the impossible made possible. Well, I'll just speak for myself. I've been there. And I know many of the psalm writers have been there. Just go read the psalms. And many of the Old Testament prophets, they were there. You can read how they felt and said similar things and expressed similar thoughts as the psalms. Last Sunday, we heard, uh, we heard an encouraging word here in the, the sanctuary that touched on Bethesda. Bethesda, it means house of mercy. It can also mean house of kindness. It can mean house of healing. So Cameron, our worship leader, who today called himself Fergie, you know, he's Cameron Ferguson, so Fergie. Fer he, he, he mentioned John chapter 5 while he was up here, and he said uh, there was that, that man at the pool of Bethesda 38 years, lame, trying to get into the water. The waters would get stirred up, and, and they were said to have healing power, but the lame man could never get in. No one was there to help him. 
I imagine he had a lament. But then Jesus came along 38 years after uh, he'd been sitting there. What did Jesus say? Pick up your mat and walk. This guy walked for the first time in 38 years. He kind of got picked on because it was a Sabbath day. You think you'd care if it was a Sabbath day after not walking for 38 years? He picked up his mat and he walked. He was obedient to Jesus. And then Jesus came upon him later. I want to read that to you from John 5, 14. It says, afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. This is a guy that's walking now for the first time in 38 years. And Jesus said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Sin no more, Jesus tells the man. Jesus, Jesus wasn't saying, hey, you got to be sinlessly perfect now. You better follow all the rules or else. Jesus was expressing, you really need a heart of repentance. And that was his primary mission. This was the primary mission of Jesus. All the Gospels tell us, Jesus preached repentance. Repent and follow Jesus. That's the Gospel. It, it's the Gospel in a really succinct form and we know there's more to it of course we know that jesus took our death penalty for our crime of sin he received the sentence that we deserved and when we believe that when we receive that and we turn from sin with a genuine heart of repentance we we gain eternal life and we know that because jesus proved he had the power over death he rose from the dead and that's the gospel. There's the gospel. Our sentence, Jesus on the cross, he willingly took it, and then he beat death, walked out of the tomb alive, and that's the promise to us. Now, of course, the whole gospel was developing when he saw this guy who had this lament. He hadn't been healed for 38 years. He's lame. The gospel's developing then, but... Jesus' expression, go and sin no more, in essence, receive the gospel, man, so nothing else worse will happen to you. What could be worse than 38 years sitting next to this pool and nobody helping you get in? What could be worse is missing out on eternal life. The physical healing was an impossibility made possible by Jesus Christ. But there was a greater and an eternal healing brought by Jesus. Salvation for the soul. And Jesus was all about that. He was all about that. That was his mission. And beating death is impossible. Jesus made it possible. That's, it's an amazing thing. And I, I know most of you here, you know that. You've got that. You've repented. You believe. You've turned to Jesus. You're a follower of Christ. You still might need the impossible, like the lame man. There are times in our lives where we just need it, and we have lots of questions. We have a psalm of lament. Even though we've received the gospel, we, we get it. We're, yes. Jesus, you did all this for us. I understand it. I've turned my life over to you. 
but what's going on? What now? What now? The psalm of Nate expressed, trust God. His mercies are new every morning. God says, I make all things possible. And all of that is scripture. All of it is biblical. Okay, all right, okay then. God, make my, make my impossible situation possible. I'm, I'm going to receive your word. Can we hope that? Can we expect that? Well, let's see if we can gain some insight uh, and some perspective from God's word, and in particular from the Christmas narrative. Because I've wondered, well, what was Mary thinking? Did she ever have a psalm of lament, Mary, the mother of Jesus? Because she was told, nothing's impossible. With God, all things are possible. She was told that. And let's let's look at this account. This is Luke chapter 1. It's verses 26 through uh, 38. And it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will, be a, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This whole narrative has been called the Annunciation. It's the, Abra the, the uh, angel Gabriel announcing to Mary, you are going to bear God's son, the Messiah. Now when she asked, how is this going to happen? The angel explained it will be by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's really all anyone would need to know. But Gabriel continued, your cousin Elizabeth, in her old age, she's going to have a son. She's already six months along. And then he told Mary, with God, nothing will be impossible. And that's a great line. I'm guessing that stuck with Mary. I'd latch right onto that. Nice, thank you, I need that. To never have been with a man and pregnant, that's impossible. God made it possible. Elizabeth, in her old age, is already six months pregnant. 
another impossibility made possible by God. The first chapter of Luke continues, and it recorded that Mary went to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth was thrilled to see her, said, Mary, the mother of my Lord has come to visit. And Mary said, he who is mighty has done great things for me. I'm going to be called blessed by every generation. And they had a great visit. Mary stayed three months. And I am guessing she's just riding the wave as she's going home. She is just riding high. God has done great things for me. All generations are going to call me blessed. The Son of God is growing inside of me. She gets home, and then what happens? Caesar Augustus, the emperor of the world at the time, he calls for a census. Everyone's got to be registered for taxing. Joseph, her fiance, he needs to get to his hometown to get registered. He brought his fiance with him. That was no fun journey. She's about to give birth. Think about dusty roads, and you know there were no trains or planes or automobiles. Maybe a donkey. Not very fun. They get to the city. There's no appropriate accommodations for a pregnant woman ready to give birth. They found a space with the animals. If you ever wonder, Mary must have been praying. You ever think, what was her prayer? God, you said nothing is impossible. Can you get us to a house, please? Maybe a place that somebody's got a, a a pitcher of water to help out here? These animals stink, God. Why must I give birth in this dirty, grimy place? Where are you? You ever imagine Mary? I think I'd cut her a little slack if she had a lament. But there they were. There Jesus was born. Mary put her in the manger. Now, sometime later, seems things might take a, a nice turn. Noblemen from the east come. They bring these great gifts for Jesus. They, they want to pay homage to him. An impossible blessing. <laughs> but soon, after they've received these gifts, they got to flee their, not just their home city, but they got to flee the country. Envious King Herod wants to kill Jesus. The family runs to Egypt. I wonder if Mary was lamenting. We've been faithful, God. We've been praying. We do the things you've been saying. So why? Why this? Why now? Why at all? Lord, I'm weary and exhausted. You said nothing is impossible. Can't you just secure us here? No, but they ran to Egypt. And they stayed there until Herod died. Now, we don't know the exact duration. It may have been a few months. It may have been a year. It may have been a few years. And we don't have re uh, recorded how Mary actually responded. But just imagine it was you. You're running away to a foreign country because an angry king wants to kill your son. 
you might have a lament to share with God. You might want him to do something impossible, especially if you've already experienced a great miracle. You know, you've, you've had this miracle in your life, and you know nothing's impossible with God. We know he can do it. He can make the impossible possible. And I know many of you here can give testimony to that. I can look around and I can see faces of people and I know you've told me, God healed me of cancer. God answered my prayer. I've had the miraculous in my life. I've had the impossible made possible. But it's, it's not happening now. It doesn't happen each and every single time. And it seems the more we, we really want it, it's out of reach. And when we don't get that, when we don't get our impossible miracle, it's, it's easy for our human nature to just crash, to go to that place of hurt and disappointment and questioning and what's up with this and why God and I need the impossible. Now, it just isn't happening. In Mary and Elizabeth's cases, God had a specific purpose. One was the birth of the forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist, and that was Elizabeth's child. And the other purpose was God's own son, that was Mary's child. And that was the expressed purpose in the announcement by the angel Gabriel that God, through the barren woman, and through the virgin was going to bring forth these children and it was confirmed by the angel saying all things are possible with God this is what he was referring to that was the context Mary God is going to use you a young virgin and God's going to use your relative who's never had kids and is way beyond the years with him with God the impossible can be made possible when it's to accomplish his will and his desire and his purpose. But most of the time, you know, we want our plan. God, I want it my way. You know, you need to show up now. You're a little late. I've been in pain a little too long here. You know, it's been, it's been about 10 minutes. Where are you? Right? We, we live in this instant. I need it. I'm kind of demanding God sort of culture do we really want God's purpose and his plan God could use someone else God couldn't you use someone else to accomplish your plan what do you got to use me for couldn't you just give me my miracle please give me my impossible I'll testify to your awesome power I'll give you credit Use that other guy over there. Use his misery for your mission. You know, m maybe we can find your purpose in his pain. Why's it got to be mine? Focusing on getting the impossible can really take our focus off of what God is truly desiring and what he would like to accomplish. God, I'm stuck here in Egypt. What's going on? I want to go home. Well, God was preserving and protecting Jesus. God was fulfilling a prophetic word from the prophet Hosea, out of Egypt I will call my son. 
Oh, sometimes we pick up a phrase from Scripture, like with God, all things are possible, and then we just put our own spin on it. We just run with that little nugget without taking time to consider the circumstances of the Word of God and the context that surrounds this phrase. Let's consider another example. A young man came to Jesus, and he asked him, hey, Lord, what do I need to do to, to, to gain eternal life? And Jesus told him, hey, keep the commandments. Don't murder, steal, bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And the young man says, I'm doing all that. I got that. That's, I am there. And can you tell me what I lack? And Jesus said, okay, all right, if you really want to get it right, sell everything you have, give to the poor, follow me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And the young man went away sad because he was very rich. And let's look at the follow-up now to this little account. It's in Matthew chapter 19. The young man who was rich, he's gone away sad. He's sorrowful. Matthew 19, verses 23 to 26 say, And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All right, I'm gonna latch onto that. With God, all things are possible. I'm gonna isolate that and run with that. And when we do that, when we just grab that little chunk, you know, we can make it, we can make it say whatever we want it to say. Unbelievers have done that. Skeptics have latched onto that little phrase in an attempt to discredit Scripture. You know, there's an old question that says, if all things are possible for God, can he make a rock? Can he create a rock he can't lift? Uh, you know, on the one hand, if God, uh, if he can lift every rock he creates then he's not all powerful because he can't create a, a, that one rock that's too heavy. And on the other hand, if, if, if God does create the, the rock that he can't lift, well, then he's not all powerful because he can't lift it, right? So either, either way, it's, it's either way. The answer makes it impossible for God to do something, and it's just a nonsense argument because there are things that God can't do. Scripture says things are impossible for God. And the skeptic says, well, uh, well, I thought all things were possible. Well, God doesn't lie. You know, that's scriptural. It's impossible for God to lie. Sin is not in God's nature. Lying is not in God's nature. And you know, his word says, Jesus said this, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And scripture also says God will not be mocked. And the silly rock question, that's what that's all about, just testing God, mocking God. So the skeptic loses on that one. But what about believers? What about Christians? They isolate this single phrase, all things are possible with God, nothing's impossible with God. What happens now? We, we, we grab a hold of that. And often what's going on is, we are imposing our own will and our own desire to demand God, to order God around. God, do this impossible thing. God, I, I got this. I have this issue. 
So do the impossible now because your word says nothing's impossible for you. You know, where, where is God in all of that when I'm ordering him around? Boy, he becomes subservient to my will when I do that. I'm, I'm the one in charge. I'm telling him what to do. In this passage in Matthew 19, what's the circumstance? What's the context? In this case, Jesus is addressing his disciples' question about entering the kingdom of heaven, which they perceived as really being challenging due to earthly attachments. And they, weren't, they, they seemingly weren't speaking about just the rich. They didn't ask Jesus, how can the rich person be saved? No, they asked, how can anyone? How can anyone be saved? They, uh, they received what Jesus said about selling everything and following him to, a, to apply across the board, not just to the rich, to everyone. So they ask, how can anyone be saved when Jesus gives his explanation? The impossibility about this passage or in this passage it's about salvation and the response that jesus gave them said god is involved you see the impossible with god it can happen with god it is possible the goal may appear just unattainable totally impossible from a human perspective but it becomes attainable through the ministry of the Holy Spirit who draws souls, who, who, who is ever drawing. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. You know, the Spirit of God continues to do that today. Seek and save and draw the lost. And when one responds by faith and surrenders to God's will, there is this awesome, wonderful impossibility that's achieved it's made possible death is overcome eternal life is gained what is impossible by human will is made possible with god eternal life is uh, is achievable impossible by any human mechanism it's achieved through god's grace and god's intervention and that's what is primary in that passage but I still want my miracle. I I still desire something that's impossible made possible. Well, let's broaden the interpretation a little. The context tells us the importance is on God's will. It's on what God desires. What is his purpose? All things are possible doesn't mean well, I'll be rich forever, and, and I'll never get gray hair. I won't get wrinkles. Sickness isn't going to be in my life. It won't affect me. I'll always have boundless energy because God will do the impossible for me. Oh, just because God's got the power to do all of those things, it doesn't mean that aligns with his purpose, his plan, his will for humanity, for me. God's will are the things like this, deny yourself and take up your cross. There's God's will. Deny yourself and take up your cross daily. That's how Luke put it in Luke chapter 9. And, and, and how about this? See to it that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other, for everyone else. 
Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Always. All circumstances. These are significant words. God's will is to recognize him in the good and the trying times. In the thrilling moments, in the lamentable moments. The conclusion is all things are possible within the context of God's purpose and will for you and for humanity. But I still want my miracle. I still want the impossible made possible. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with seeking. There is nothing wrong with asking God for a healing. Absolutely not. There, there is nothing wrong with saying, God, I, I'm going to pray for a miracle. Uh, God, I need a miracle in my job situation. You see what's going on. Lord, I need uh, 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 some help here. Would you please bring about something that I think is impossible? Could you make it possible? Lord, I, I need some help in restoring this this relationship, it's broken. It's beyond my capacity. God, could you do, please, the impossible in my life for this relationship that has just been, been rocked? I need divine intervention. Of course, we can ask and we can seek and we can knock and we can be persistent in that prayer. Jesus has encouraged us to ask what we will but according to his will. So, so rather than being miraculously delivered in an instant, the Lord may desire, he may desire to bring you through. He may desire to bring you through something before responding with making the impossible possible. Elizabeth was well beyond her childbearing years. This was a woman who was called barren, an embarrassment in that culture. Something to be shamed about. You know, I'm sure she could have, uh, have had a lament before God. I'm guessing there were times that woman was on her face crying. God, please, we've tried so hard. I've never gotten pregnant. Can't you help me out? And then her years went by. Never having a child. I've cried so much. I don't have any more tears. As This is so depressing, equally vexing and perplexing. She and her husband went through that valley. They went through that trial. Then God made the impossible possible. Now, how different may it have been if they just got instant results immediately? I don't know how they'd be looking at God. I don't know. But God brought them through. Mary and Joseph had to run with their son to Egypt. Now, we don't have recorded what were in their hearts, what they were feeling. But we know this, we know what's recorded in scripture that when the time came to go home, they received a word from God. It's safe to go home. God never left them. See, God was always uh, aware of their situation in Egypt. But they were brought through. They were brought through. God had some purpose in that trial. And he didn't take anything away from Mary. He didn't take anything away from that word. Nothing will be impossible with God. He had some purpose for bringing them through. 
it added to their testimony of God's faithfulness. God brought us through. He kept us safe in Egypt. He kept us safe on the journey. Our son is thriving. He's doing great. He was not killed. You got something you're seeking God for? You, got, you, you, you have something you want to ask about the impossible, made possible? We're going to take some time to pray here before we leave. And I'm going to encourage you, come into the light. Come on, come into the light of God. Humble yourself. We heard this this morning. Humble yourself. Move forward. Come to the altar of God. Would you do that this morning? You, you have a need. You're seeking it. You don't, you, you don't need to, to just forget about it. We can ask. We can ask. But I would like to invite you to take a minute to truly consider, have you also been seeking God's will? If, if you need this miracle, have you been just talking to God a little bit about what might be his purpose in it all? Is what you're dealing with part of what Jesus said about denying yourself and taking up your cross daily? Have you been rejoicing always, praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances? For this is God's will. As you seek this miraculous, as you seek this impossible, are you also seeking God for some insight? Well, Lord, what's the purpose in my pain? Lord, what's your mission in my misery? Consider what you're, you're asking. Are you pressing God for an instant miracle? Or would you, would you humbly say to God this morning, Lord, is there something you want to bring me through? Is there something you want to bring me through? And, and, and like, God, I'll receive that. I'll, I'll, I need to walk with you closer. Bring me through it. You know, perhaps you just got to commit it entirely unto him. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity just to offer it up. Lord, help me through. Lord, help me through. I've been, I've been asking for this impossibility. Help me through. On Wednesday, we had a, a wonderful service where we filled out some of these cards, and they're still up here in this, this manger, just presented to Jesus. And, I, and we still have some of them. They're, they're up here at the altars, and there's some in the crossover aisle in the back. Just a little card you could, you could write down what it is maybe you're dealing with. Or they, you know, I just want to commit this to God. You see a whole bunch of them here. We can add more. We're going to take time to pray over them. And then this week, we're going to continue uh, as part of the church staff just to pray over these needs. I want to invite you to do that. Or if you just need prayer today, we have our elders here. They'd anoint you with oil. They'll pray with you. So you come on down. I want to just invite you. Invite you to be humble, open to the word we heard today. Come to the altar of God and present your need in your heart too to just say Lord are you bringing me through so let's stand let's stand and Lord if, if you're moving on someone's heart here um, if, if they have a need they've just been struggling with getting something a miracle a miracle you still do miracles we know it we trust it 
but sometimes we just miss what you want for us. Lord, move on hearts. Draw people to these, to, to these altars to present to you and commit to you their hearts, their need, their desire, their humble desire for you, God, to bring them through. Bring us all through, God. We, we just pray, we commit it to you now as we take time to just worship and, uh, and move based on what, what your word has taught us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We still have a couple being prayed up here at the altars, but for those of you who've brought needs forward, let's take some time right now just to commit these unto God. Ask him to help every single one intervene in every single one show his purpose if that's what you're if that if that's your your need and ask his grace and again we're gonna we're gonna collect these and pray over them this week father thank you thank you for all these who have come to put their needs their needs right to the christ child god right to jesus father we don't know what's written on every single one of these but you do you do and Lord, I pray, I pray over all these that have been sincerely left, seeking your comfort, seeking your help, seeking your purpose, asking for your intervention, seeking the impossible made possible. God, Lord, we ask for your intervention. We ask for your divine help. We ask in this season that you would meet these needs. You would bring testimonies of your goodness of how you are bringing someone through of how you do bring the impossible and make it possible we ask for all of that god and may we never ever take your purpose and your will for granted lord may we always continually be asking you lord what are you seeking from us what what is it you'd have for me in this moment even though i might feel pain thank you god bless your people Thank you for all who've, who've responded, God, and continue to show your heart and your love and your grace to every single one. And God, we trust you. We put our lives in your hands, knowing, we know it, God, we know that you can do all things. We know that you can make the impossible possible. But God, may our hearts trust you as we commit all of it to you, Father, in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Go with that blessing. Go with his peace. from any path. 